Hey everybody, Mike Brancatelli here. Welcome back to a new episode of Mike Adelic. Today's show is going to be a solo show and uh, it's going to be hopefully a good one. So uh, before we get into the show, I just wanted to do a couple announcements up top. Just say uh, thank you to all the people that listen and support the show and uh, who go and leave reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts. We have 128 now and if you feel like doing that, that's a great way to help the show. If not, whatever. You don't have to, just if you like the show, share it, talk about it, subscribe, like it, whatever. The show is available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, you name it, wherever you can find podcasts, the show is there. Uh, so feel free to share, to tell friends, tell coworkers, family members, whatever you want to do. If you want to go a step further, we have a Patreon page uh, that helps keep the show going, keeps my my pocket's a little full for, for uh, maintaining the costs of the show. Um, so you can go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank. You can donate as little as $1 a month. Uh, and if you want to go a step further, you could do a one-time donation on PayPal. You can find that on my website at mikebrank.com. Okay, we have two sponsors. First one is Synchro. Synchro makes amazing plant-based and keto nutrition products. Go check them out. They're awesome. I love the Keto Mana chocolate uh, bar. It's it's fantastic. Chocolate fudge becomes a bar when you put it in the fridge, and it's a, a rich, decadent fudge. It's it's incredibly amazing, and, and it's healthy for you, so it really satisfies that sweet tooth. And um, yeah, they have a lot of really good stuff, so go to bsynchro.com, and at checkout, enter the code Mikeadelic, and you get... 20% off of your purchase, which is pretty good, pretty good deal. And they have great stuff. Uh, and go to hempbombs.com if you're interested in CBD products. I love the, their stuff. They, uh, they have great gummies um, and tinctures and stuff. So go to hempbombs.com and enter the code MIKE15 at checkout and you get 15% off all their CBD products. Okay, uh, let's get into the show. Thanks. Psychedelics are illegal not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power. But we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Mike Adelic. I'm Mike Brancatelli. I'm your host. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Well, it's been a while, and uh, I've been saying that I'm going to get a solo podcast episode out, and uh, here it is. So we've made it. We've finally made it to actually 
setting out to accomplish this solo podcast that I've been I've been talking about. I hope you guys have been enjoying uh, the podcast that I've been putting out recently. Um, I know I had a, a, a couple good ones, you know, some others that were that were okay, but uh, I definitely I definitely haven't been putting out the consistent quality of podcasts uh, that I that I want to. And that's what I want to talk about in this show, as well as talk about the evolution of my ideas and my beliefs, the evolution of this show. In a way, you know, this show is sort of a a representation of what I am going through in my life. Uh, I I at least try to always be transparent and open up and talk on this show about what is happening. So talking about the evolution of this show means talking about the evolution of myself as well. So that's what I want to get into today. And, um, you know, first off, I just want to talk about this past year, 2018. Um, I remember re- releasing an episode in, I started this podcast in April of 2016. And I remember just getting really excited as the new year was approaching. And I released an episode, 2017 is going to be huge. And I thought 2017 was a pretty good year. I did put out a lot of consistent episodes. However, in 2018, in January, in the beginning of this uh, this past year, I went to Peru uh, for f- about four months. And I, uh, I went to a place called the Temple of the Way of Light, which is an ayahuasca retreat center down in Peru in the Amazon jungle. I worked there with their residency program. And I got to partake in many ayahuasca ceremonies, made some amazing friends, amazing lifelong friendships and connections, and just had a absolutely wonderful time working with plant medicines, uh, ayahuasca in particular, and learning about the shamanic culture um, and interacting with people from all around the world, from all walks of life, who have noticed that there was something maybe missing in their life something that they wanted to resolve, something bigger, something deeper, something maybe eating at them, whatever their purpose or cause or motivation was for booking a trip and going down to Peru to drink ayahuasca. I interacted with those people. I got to meet with them. I got to hear their stories. And, you know, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. During that time down there, uh, I met I met someone. I met my girlfriend that I'm currently with right now, and we went traveling. We went to Machu Picchu. We went up to Cusco. We went to hiking in the Andes in the in the Rainbow Mountains. Absolutely breathtaking, just magical place. Amazing time. And then I came back. I came back home. Um, I came back home, and then I was offered a, a sort of a position down at, at the ayahuasca center to come back and to be there and maybe to develop a podcast for them and, and do some, you know, help in, in some ways of like social media and things like that. Some, some, where some of my sort of quote unquote professional skills lie. And so, uh, my girlfriend had got accepted to teach yoga there and I thought this would be great. We could both be down there. I went down there and I came back. I came back after a month. I realized that, you know, it wasn't necessarily exactly for me and what I wanted to be pursuing. Uh, It's a pretty difficult place to start a podcast from, I guess, or continue to podcast. And so that's that's why I want to talk about this is because 2018 has been a difficult year 
for this show in releasing consistent quality episodes uh, because of my time spent in Peru, because of going back and forth, um, as well as uh, just going through my own changes and my own evolution. Uh, I think that it was a lot easier for me to just sort of release episodes about really personal things um, and, and just put them out there when I had sort of a smaller audience. As the audience grew and, and built up, I sort of noticed that there was this hesitation of not wanting to put out episodes to reveal the, the, the real raw uh, truth of, of what was going on with me. And um, so there was a little battling back and forth of that because it's like, okay, wow, I'm communicating with a little bit more people now. This is, you know, I'm, I'm exposing myself at a, at a higher level. And there was a little fear there. You know, there was a little hesitation. There's also hesitation about the kind of the quality of stuff that I want to be putting out. Um, you know, what do I, what do I want to speak to? What, how do I want to uh, communicate? And I think you could tell if you've been a longtime listener of this show, you can look at episodes and see sort of different aspects of my personality coming through stronger in, in different episodes, right? And so I think the main theme here is that 2018 has been sort of a uh, spotty, choppy, sort of amateurish year for me. And so number one, I apologize for that. I apologize for not putting out consistent content and all this stuff. But you know what? This was a great year for learning and self-discovery and growth, working with plant medicines, expanding consciousness, seeing things from different perspectives. And, and, and you know, it, it was so valuable to have that. That being said, 2019 is going to be way different. I, I am so committed to Turning Pro, which is uh, this amazing book by Stephen Pressfield that I just recently read. Uh, it's all about going pro, going from amateur to pro, and the difficulties in doing that, why we hold ourselves back, why we don't uh, commit to going in fully and, and facing, uh, facing the, the, the call to, to turn to pro. Um, and that book was amazing. It really resonated with me. There was a lot of things that they talked about in the book, like with self-sabotage and fear and a lot of things that really resonate with me that I'll get into in a little bit, which pertains to my own journey, some things that I also discovered on my own that I, when listening to the audiobook, I said, oh, yes, yes, I had that thought. This makes sense. Okay. And so if I look back at this podcast, and what it represents, what it is. The original intention was really to speak truth as I, as I see it. However, really, my beliefs weren't totally stable. My, my viewpoint wasn't totally stable. Uh, my character wasn't totally stable. And so, you can look at some past episodes. There's a lot of anger coming through. There's a lot of anger and criticism and judgment and resentment and bitterness and hostility, aggressiveness coming through in some of the episodes that I've done, in a, in a, in a, a lot of episodes I've done in the past. 
And I feel as if now I've reached sort of this turning point where I really want to turn on the microphone and I want to open up from, from a loving heart-centered space, always. And really, that's the way that I want to approach everything in my life. That's the way I feel a transition happening in myself right now as I am recording this podcast. You know, I recently had a dream, and it was a very profound dream. I think Carl Jung says we have about five really deep, profound dreams in our, in our lives. But I had a dream, and there was a lot of things in the dream, but one of the, one of the very, you know, like the, one of the things that really stands out in this dream, of course, this was sort of the centerpiece of the dream, was that I was in the World Trade Center towers uh, as they were like, as they were collapsing. But it was one of those weird things where like I was in them, but I really, but I wasn't in, in them. Sometimes you can experience this in dreams. Like you were somebody, but you weren't them. You were observing, you were outside, you were yourself, but you weren't. You were in a place, you were in Cleveland, but it wasn't really Cleveland. It kind of looked like LA, something similar to this. So I was both inside the, the, the building and I was also outside the building. And I just remember that it was, it was coming down, that it was, it was being destroyed. And it wasn't the same event and the same day. It was a different situation. I remember I had, there were some friends there. It seemed like maybe that we had like a party. There was like a house party or something. You know how dreams go where there's these weird, you know, intermingling of scenarios and situations. The, 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 represent, the symbol of the World Trade Center towers being blown up and collapsing, exploding and crumbling into dust, was really something that stuck with me. And I said, wow, what, what could that possibly mean? And then the next night, I had a dream, and they were rebuilt. They were there. And they looked fine. And they were, they were like, they were better. So if I think about this in terms of what I'm discussing right now, I'm interpreting it to mean that this sort of phase in my life, there's a sort of psychic 9-11 event happening to me in which there's a turning point. There's a, a change coming. If you look at like 9-11 and what happened, the world completely changed after those, the events of that day, we entered into a new phase of existence. And so I was listening to the, the audio book by Stephen Pressfield, and he talks about like, when you turn pro, you remember where you are, just like you were when, like, just like you remember where you were when JFK was assassinated or when 9-11 happened. When he said that, it struck a chord with me. And I said, okay, there's a connection here between the dream, listening to this audio book, sort of transition that I'm going through in my life. I need to pay attention to this. And so I want to talk about this, this sort of transition. Like, what am I talking? Hey, Mike, what are you talking about? What are you, what are you saying? Is this podcast just going to be about your podcast? Well, no, like I said in the intro, it's, it's about who I am and like what I believe and what I should say. I mean, after all, I have a podcast where I get on the microphone and I talk and I say things. 
Sometimes I interview people, and a lot of times when I do, I, I contribute my own opinions and my own thoughts to those conversations as well. But what is it that I'm doing here by turning on this microphone and speaking into it? What is it? What's happening here? You know, there's, there's a lot of podcasts out now. Podcasting is becoming a little bit more mainstream and popular. And there's a lot of podcasts that are really showy shows. They're shows. It's like, hey, welcome to the show. Here's the show. On today's show, we're going to talk about 10 ways that you can, you know, fucking kill fire ants or whatever. 10 ways that you can wear pajamas to work and look cool. <laughs> I mean, that, that doesn't, that sounds pretty nice, actually. Really, like this show, I really wanted to I really wanted to keep it raw and real and authentic. And I want to tell you guys what's really going on. Because I believe that, like Timothy Leary says, to find the others, you know, that you can go about your daily life and you can say these 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 catchphrases or buzzwords that, you know, we all belong to this like fake club of fakery and hey how you doing how's the weather but but really we're all deeply yearning to say like what is this all about and why am i here and what should we do about it and those are the kinds of things that really get me going that really you know fire put fire in my belly however they could be very crippling as well if you let them if you let them cripple you and so so really, I should, I should go back to, I think, right around the time when I decided to leave my old show, part of the problem that I did with uh, comedian Dave Smith, which was a uh, libertarian political show that we did twice a week. And I, you know, realistically, looking back, if I, if I was in my right kind of centered and grounded and confident state of mind uh, operating from a place of inner peace that I, I realistically could have kept doing the show and continued to do this show. Um, it was around the same time that I, I had lost my job and where I was working with uh, a lot of really close friends of mine at a social media marketing company. It wasn't really something that I enjoyed doing but I enjoyed working with my friends and when they had decided to let me go that was a that was a big kind of I interpreted it to be like a, a stab in the back you know sort of uh, and it was in a, in a in a sense it was kind of cold in the way that they did it they had been wanting to make this transition and you know so they got rid of me and a couple other people so they could hire like 10 new people for for lower pay so it was a real calculated business move. And I had, um, you know, really taken it personally because I thought, hey, these are my friends. I thought we were in this thing together. But I thought that's what this was all about. Um, at the same time, I also had a relationship end. And I had just gotten back from my first ayahuasca retreat where I had one of the most profound series of ceremonies and probably the most profound ceremony that I've ever had. Uh, and you can listen to that in my ayahuasca, uh, in my ayahuasca trip, um, series of podcasts that I, that I produced, um, in 2016 when I came back, it's like a four part series that I, I told in detail, like the experiences. So, so there, there was this very rough period of time for me. 
um, when I was doing this podcast, there, you know, I was the co-host of the, of the podcast, part of the problem, and I had stopped doing stand-up comedy. I also wasn't performing. I, I was performing pretty aggressively stand-up comedy in New York City, and and really, you know, if I had really just stuck to doing that, like I feel that I would be in a good position because I was really, you know, in with some very talented comedians. We were friends, and it was going uh, well. I, however, was was suffering tremendously and didn't feel that I really knew how to look at my suffering and look at uh, what was really going on. I mean, it, it just, there were so many things to unpack. Having gone down to Peru to drink ayahuasca for the first time, I was really looking to get some healing on some addictive behaviors and heal some trauma from some childhood stuff and things like that. And, you know, there, it wasn't isolated. The, the, the situations in my life that I was dealing with weren't particularly isolated from those problems. However, because I had never really dealt with those problems and I'd let them fester and I've dealt with them in a, such a poor way, they had spilled over and manifested into other areas in my life. Relationships, jobs, friends, um, you know, passions, pursuits, these sorts of things. And so, you know, I, I remember just kind of feeling, feeling numb, feeling kind of, well, you know, and Stephen Pressfield talks about this in, in his book. He talks about, it's not about that when we turn pro, that we all of a sudden eliminate the fear and the demons and the self-criticism and all these things. We never eliminate these things. We just simply sharpen our knife better. We, we sharpen our knife to be sharper. We learn how to deal with it in a better way. And I had some kind of like animosity towards this idea. I had some kind of resentment towards this idea. I, I, I think I was very attached to, I want these problems to go away. I want this fear to go away. I want this doubt. I want this, uh, you know, I want this sort of, responsibility to be shunned upon somebody else. And so I, I, I placed myself back into victim mode. I even blamed ayahuasca. I blamed, this is, you know, this is bullshit, this whole thing. It's just a, it's just a bunch of nonsense, you know. It doesn't work, you know, all this stuff. And I realized, like, now, that was... And I continue to, and it's only recently that I've had this clarity, but that I grew up in a household that had primed and conditioned me to be placed in victim mode. Not, not to anybody's fault, you know. I mean, look, our parents just do the best with, they just do the best that they can with what they have and what they've been shown and what they've been taught. And I think fortunately for us growing up in the world now, the access to teachers and mentors and information and books and YouTube videos and podcasts and, you know, the, the, the sort of emergence of the psychedelic scene and it's it making its way into more of the mainstream consciousness, the fact that cannabis is legal in certain states and all of these sorts of things are really helping people to wake up, to, uh, to really open, open up more and to know more about 
how to be a good parent and and what to do and how to handle your demons and these sorts of things i mean we are we are by by the internet we are sharing our experiences with the world we are creating this super collective hive mind of of experiences that we can dip our toes into to inform our own individual experience i mean what could you possibly ask for more than that the access to that the access, it's right there. It's staring us right in the fucking face. However, like Eric Godsey said on this show, which I loved, be prepared when you walk into the room with God. Be prepared of undeserved wisdom. It, can, it could look like a mountain that can crush you. Like, my God, it's, it's incapacitating responsibility. Are you trying to tell me that this is all on me? Well, yes and no, because if we work together, we can achieve amazing things. However, no individual could be ready and prepared to work together with other individuals if they themselves have not taken care of their house first. And this is why Jordan Peterson's message of clean your damn room is so inspiring, so simple, but so inspiring and so true. Because you have to, you have to clean up your, your own act. You have to be able to clean up yourself before you can go out and criticize the world. And, you know, I, I, I've heard that before. I've in, intelligently understood that before. I've said I've probably pandered to that notion and paid lip service to those beliefs. But it's not until you emotionally make a connection with that as an understanding. It's not until it really embodies every single aspect of your soul and your psyche and it tingles in every cell in your body when you have a moment of saying aha oh that's what that means that's what that means okay now i have made an emotional connection with that understanding there's a there's a guy peter sage i think he's been on the show london reel a couple times and he talks about this emotional intelligence the emotional connection we can we can learn things a thousand times we can hear things a thousand times people say be the change you wish to see in the world we see these quotes when we're th- you know flicking our thumbs on instagram and we go oh yeah that feels mm, yeah that feels so warm and nice and so good i'm going to give that a like i'm going to tag a friend it feels nice but it's it it fades because we have not ourselves gone through the experience of emotionally understanding the very meaning behind those words, not the language itself, but the actual impact into your soul. If you can, if you can do that, then you can really fully live from a place of true understanding and move forward. And that doesn't mean that all of a sudden now you're just going to have all the answers. Like, I'm not going to have all the answers now, but I have this sort of aha moment of saying, oh my God, I didn't know shit. I was just pretending to know things. And now I feel that I have a better understanding of my own bullshit that I could actually start to accept real new ideas and real new change not placing myself in the role of a victim and blaming but actually owning it up to myself to my own ability to to perform at the level that i wish to perform at because there is no mountaintop where you get to put your flag on and and that's been that's been very hard for me to understand it's been very 
a very hard notion for me to understand that I am, I'm never going to get to a place where I can plant my flag and say, aha, I've made it. I have achieved enlightenment. Nothing bothers me anymore. There, I don't feel pain anymore. I don't feel anger anymore. I don't feel jealousy anymore. I don't feel any resentment or hostility or fear. No, that's not it. And that's where I've been going wrong. Instead, it is for me to work on myself, to sharpen my tools, to arm myself with as much wisdom and knowledge and uh, good habits and behaviors as possible in order to really let the light that is coming through me shine at its fullest. And that goes for each and every single one of you listening and every individual. It's like being really cleaning out your, your car, you know, so, so it can run efficiently and smoothly. Let, the, let that, you know, become this like this, this great, amazing vessel, this, this amazing conduit for this life force to shine through, to come through. Because I believe everybody has it. Everybody has it. And some of us just decide to junk it up and say, ah, whatever, you know, it's junked up, it's going to get junked up anyway, you know, eventually the car is going to, you know, run out of mileage, and I'm, I have to get rid of it, it's not like, you know, it's whatever, oh, it's not my fault, it's like these potholes in the road, and all this other stuff, or it's people that come in my car, and they throw trash, or whatever, you know, it's like, no, take care of your vessel, and that doesn't mean like you have to go vegan, or anything like that, it just means Put yourself in the best situation that you could possibly put yourself in in order to let the thing that's inside of you try and just flow out with ease. Flow out with, with ease by putting yourself in the best position to make that happen on a daily basis every day. And that means combating and going to war with the resistance yourself the, the desire to distract and to self-sabotage. And this is huge. This is majorly huge, right? So going back to what I had briefly mentioned before, I, I sort of discovered this because it's like, look, my, my conditioning has been such that so heavy of this victim conditioning, right? So growing up in my household, you know, my, my mother, I love her, but she has been struggling her whole life. She has polio in her foot. And she missed the, the vaccine. The vaccine came out, I believe, like a year later or two years later, something to that effect. She was born with polio in her foot. It formed and took on before that she could get the vaccine for it. So my whole life, you know, for her life, many things, her perspective is shaped by this. And I recently had the realization that the, the crippling of her foot is the physical manifestation of the choice that she makes in how to perceive her life. Life could cripple you if you choose it to. And what I mean by that is the way that she perceives this crippling of her foot, the, the, the choice that she makes in how to deal with this, 
is a test to her being. So, for example, my mother chooses to look at what has happened as, as, as something that has happened to her. That she is a victim, that she was born a victim, that God spited her, God did this to her, society did this to her, the doctors did this to her, it's, you know, just, just bad luck, you know, this is how life is, you just get screwed. The doctors couldn't do anything. Someone said they could. They fucked up. They made a mistake. It's their fault. It's these people. So everything just become, becomes this wave, these tidal waves, this tsunami of just compounding problems that pushes her to the brink. And she deals with that by, by just taking everything out, you know, manifesting all of this into the, into the outside world, putting the external world as this oppressor. She is the victim, and everybody else is the oppressor. And it's sad. It's really sad. Um, it's been a struggle, you know, to deal with that, you know, growing up. And I feel for her. I do. I feel sympathy for her. And it's sad also because... I see someone who is yelling and crying out for help and some kind of peace, but they're doing it in such a way where it's almost like the people around don't want to help because it's like, hey, we're going through that too. And, you know, some of us are choosing to take on the burden of being, take on the challenge, and you're not. And we can only help you when you are. And it might sound like a terrible thing to say, to say like, oh, you know, we shouldn't uh, help somebody who is crying out for help. But that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it almost, it's like if someone's like, I'm, I'm hurt, you bastard, help me. Why doesn't anyone help me? Can't you see I'm hurt here? Fuck you. Fuck you. Help me here. I'm suffering. It's very off-putting. Because we are all going through this. And... It really requires like looking at something like this as a gift, as a challenge, as a challenge of taking an incarnation of being, having a life experience in this earth, on this world. For whatever reason, I don't know why we're here, but I do know one thing and one thing for certain, that we all have the same life force residing inside of us, that energy can never die, and that we are all made of energy. Everything in this three-dimensional reality is constructed with a vibrational frequency of energy, and we don't even know what that means. But when we hear it, we do have an idea of understanding. The life force, the energy, the thing that makes what we call consciousness, the ability to perceive the world through our senses, through our eyes, through our ears, through our nose, through our mouth, and to interpret the experience of being to, to create this amalgamation of this thing that we call a human. 
It's epic. There's no other massive, you know, role player game, build your own world, create your own reality, multiplayer role playing game out there that's better than being a human being. And so there's another side to that. And, and Stephen Pressfield talks about this in one of my favorite books of all time, Ernest Becker, The Denial of, the, the Denial of Death talks about this. It's the confrontation with the knowledge, some might say the curse of knowledge, that there is a separation from that. That yes, we all are the same eternal, infinite life force of energy, of, of vibrational frequency that we, we call energy. We are all that. But at the same time, we are separated from that in this animal body, in this encased in this meat uniform with that stinks and liquid pours out of it and there's hair on it and it's it's this decaying sack of bone and meat and blood and it's just gonna just wind up in the dirt one day and you're just gonna have worms eating you. That's what Ernest Becker says. He says that we are gods with anuses. That we, the, the very, the fracture within the human being is the very knowledge that we can attain this sort of God level, Godhood, this, this, this alignment with the transcendental, with, with, the, with the mystical, the eternal, the infinite, the cosmic, yet we are housed in these breath gasping you know, decaying, dying sacks of meat that will ultimately be food for worms. It's the very knowledge of that that causes so much suffering. You know, that we, we sort of, you know, we're there, and it's like, okay, like, there is this separation. But if there wasn't this separation, if we were just one or the other, if we were just a star in the sky, just bursting and radiating with light, we wouldn't have any form. We wouldn't have any subjective awareness of, of, our, of our limitations. There would be no limitations to the game. Therefore, it wouldn't be a game. There would be no fun to be had. There would be no challenge to pursue. There would be no journey, no quest, no sense of accomplishment, no sense of relief, no sense of gratification. It would just be pure oneness with, with everything that ever was and ever will be. And you, you might say, well, that sounds fantastic. Well, yeah, it, it is fantastic. I have experienced that. But to live in that realm, you know, to, to, to say, I'm, I'm going to leave my, my human form and I'm going to try and uh, ascend to that realm. It's not about that. It's, it's about the knowledge of knowing that we carry that within us. It's not about getting to that place. It's about embodying the essence of that place. Being that thing, it has, like I said, it has no separation, it has no form. It's just this bursting star of gas and, and euphoria and bliss and just like, 
just energy waves shooting everywhere with no with no structure with nothing to contain it there's no field of play there's no sandbox there's no others there's no competition there's no collaboration there's no diversity of 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 ideas and thought and all these sorts of things it's just this blah this massive whoosh. so if you take a human form and you enter the human game what you're saying is put me in give me an experience here that has limitations teach me about what it means teach me about the diversity of experiences that are possible in this world in this world of infinite creation we live in a world that that is in no time. There is no time. And I know I'm getting a little off from where I originally started with this, but, but just stick with me here because I'm, I'm flowing. There is no time. We create limitations. We create time. We create order. We create structure. All of the things that we know about, about our universe, is interpreted by a human being and therefore must live by human being standards. And the things that scare the shit out of us are the things that are beyond that, the things that we, got, we can't possibly understand. There's no tool for measurement. There's no box that it fits in. Psychedelic experience definitely being one of those for a lot of people. They can't comprehend where does this fit? How does this, what does this mean? But being, being you know, being that thing, you know, wishing and hoping that our problems would go away, that it's somebody else's fault and it's, you know, we're the victim, we're the victim of this separation. We're the victim of the separation. We're the victim of the diversity, right? And this is what Jordan Peterson talks about. In the incarnation of Satan in the Bible, the metaphor, the myth to extract out of these stories is, you know, and myth is just a representation of the conflict that is going on in the, the, the human being, in the psyche, in the body, manifested in stories and in characters so we can extract knowledge out of those to live by so we can inform ourselves of our individual identity within the society. That's why these stories are so important. The biblical stories are not important because it's like, well, you know, the Christianity has uh, been around for a long time, and it's not like a history book where it's like, well, this happened and then this happened. No, it's a book of myth, and myth by meaning stories that, that contain metaphors that help inform us of who we are in this world and how, and how we should behave and act and the dangers and the pitfalls. And so Jordan Peterson talks about this as, you know, the very separate, the devil is the, is the manifestation of the things inside of us that harbor the most passionate, hateful, bitter, cynical, hostile, aggressive resentment at the very nature of being itself. That the, the, the people in these biblical stories, uh, he talks about Cain and Abel and these sorts of things as well, that it's like, the, the evil that, that goes on in these stories is a representation of this bitter angst against being. That the, the, in the beginning, we say that there was a big bang, there was a big separation. And the separation causes this, this hatred, 
this hatred. What the, the devil, Satan, hated God because he loved him so much. His passion was so deep and loving for God, but he hated how he was separated from him. So that, that, that deep, passionate love can, can burn you, can burn you if you're not willing to accept that, that, that there is separation. And I had this experience in a, a ayahuasca ceremony. I had um, the experience of an energy ball of light. And it was like this white glowing light. And it, you know, and Alan Watts talks about this, right? He's like, if you're an omnipotent God and you're an all-powerful God and you say, well, what, what, what can I do? What should I do? Well, let me, you know, split myself up into a million pieces and play a game of hide-and-go-seek. And let me, you know, let me have any experience that I could ever possibly want. Let me live a life as a lizard. Let me live a life as a race car driver. Let me live a life as a fisherman. Let me live a life as someone with polio. Let me live a life as somebody who has uh, Parkinson's. Let me live a life of a starving child who dies at age two. Let me give me every taste and every variety of, of consciousness possible. I want to feel the highs and the lows and the anguish and the agony and the joy and the bliss and the, and the, and the thrills of victory and defeat. I want to feel everything, right? So you have these experiences over and over again. You pick and choose all of them until finally one day, you, you know, Alan Watts says, he says, if you're this omniscient God and you can do anything, you say, you know what? Surprise me. Surprise me. Put me into an incarnation and just surprise me and let me have an experience. And I don't want to know what it is and I don't want to know what it's about and I don't want to, you know, uh, remember where, who I am and where I came from. None of that. Just drop me into a random life. And I think if you look at something like that, if you look at it to be that way, it seems like to me that it gives us the opportunity to look at things that happen in our lives as problems, as setbacks, as being a victim. It allows us to look at these things as challenges, challenges to encounter with a, with a smile, challenges to encounter by saying, okay, I understand. This is the, the hand that I'm dealt. I'm going to play this hand like a fucking pro. I'm going to play... I'm not going to play the cards that I have. I'm going to play this round. Because in poker, it's not about playing the cards. It's about playing the people, the table, and you know, just knowing when to fold, knowing when to bluff, knowing when to go all in, knowing when you can trick someone when you have someone over knowing when to be confident knowing when to talk knowing how to play the hand that hand and life is a, is a poker game and we're always we're every moment every choice in our life we're getting dealt a new hand a new hand how are you going to play it how are you going to play it are you going to look at the game and you go fuck this game this is bullshit this this fucking dealer sucks i haven't gotten one good hand of cards 
guy next to me doesn't know how to play. He keeps raising. You know, he's making stupid bets. Um, I'm, I'm getting screwed over here because, you know, this person or that person or the game or the casino or the time of day or I ate before I, you know, whatever it is. You can look at the, this game of life and you can criticize it and you can put yourself into the victim role. And when you put yourself into the victim role, now I'm talking from my own personal experience because I have cast myself into this victim role. And going back to what I was talking about before about how I grew up in this conditioned state of being by living in a household and growing up in a household where my mother had put herself in the victim role and unwillingly, unnoticed, you know, unconsciously projected victimization onto, you know, all of us. And you pick that up. You absorb that as a child growing up. You absorb that. It shapes you, you know. Everything has been shaped in this fear-based negativity, this fear-based victimhood. So I, I had, you know, gone about my life in that way as, as a victim. And even when I was, uh, you know, so this, this goes into, like, so where, like, my journey, like, where I, where I try and put myself in, in, uh, in what I try and put out. And, you know, I had this sort of, like, awakening experience, and I had taken psychedelics, and I had been re reading a lot of libertarian literature, and, and I've been listening to a lot of Terrence McKenna and Alan Watts, and that opened up a whole new window for me, and I started really educating myself and learning a lot, and this was after college, and I, I, I'm still in the learning period right now. However, there was a point where I felt as if I had learned everything that I needed to learn, and I had reached a point of truth that, you know, anarcho-capitalism is the only way to exist. Uh, atheism is the only way to, is the only belief that people should believe in. And psychedelics have, have the, if everybody took psychedelics, we would live in a near utopian world. And so I was extremely militant in these beliefs coming, and I had placed myself as a victim. And this had, you know, I didn't know this at the time. I'm having this this sort of realization now, and I'm processing this. But this is where a lot of my motivation has had come from. And so I I was doing this podcast, part of the problem. And you know, we would always be talking about the state and the crimes of the state, and you know, the criticizing government and politics and this whole thing. Rightly so. However, I wasn't really prepared to be doing this work because I had not done the work on myself first. I had not done the work of entering out of victimhood. Instead, I had placed myself in the victimhood. I am a victim of the state. I'm a victim of oppression. I'm a victim of tyranny. I'm a victim of, you know, the drug war. I'm a victim of all of this, this stuff. And I really, the unconscious conditioning that I received of the victimhood that I, that I grew up in, combined with my anger and my animosity at my position in life, led me to really just be erratically angry. And it became a heavy mental burden, and, and it took a toll on me. And I, you know, the only solution I saw was, was leaving that show and, and trying to figure something out on my own or, you know. I, I also had felt like, 
I had a lot to say and I wasn't able really to communicate it. And, you know, that sort of anger and frustration built up and turned into jealousy and resentment. You know, here I am, I'm on this podcast and, you know, this other guy's talking and I don't get a chance to talk and that's fucked up and blah, blah, blah. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. Victim, victim, victim. Everyone's out to get me, you know. And it's so hard when you're in that mind state to discern, am I, is this a projection? Am I choosing this victimhood or is this, is this really a, a situation that needs me to be dealt with? And I would argue that, you know, you can look at it in any way you want. You can place yourself as a victim or you could look at it as, okay, this is just another situation that needs to be handled. This is another situation that requires me to work on myself so I can show up better in the world. I didn't realize that at that time. I didn't realize that at all. So I, I went through a lot of challenging experiences. I went through a lot of really rough and challenging experiences. And having moments like glimpses, ups and downs of, okay, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm consistent now. I feel like I understand and I have a good perspective here, but only to, to fall back down because I hadn't been really fully solidified and convinced in, in this heart-centered perception, this choice of viewing life as this test. Will I accept this crippling challenge or will I cripple myself and suffer and cause suffering to the people around me by doing so? And it was, you know, and I really had like convinced myself that this was just an unavoidable pain. That this is just the, 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 the pain of being a human being. That we're, we're caught in this netherworld of between God and animal. And we're stuck and we can't really enter into either one. That maybe we can have glimpses of, of them, but we can't enter into either one. And we're stuck. We're housed in this in, this, in, this in between. So how do you make that pain go away? How do you make that pain go away of, of not being able to be a star in the sky and not being able to be like an instinctual animal with no burden of, of, of its nature, of its, you know, of, of its mortal coil? Well, there's a, there's a couple ways, and I think one of them is that you could just destroy yourself. Because that's a way to get back to God, as Ram Dass would say. How do, you get, how do you get to God? How do you get back to God? Well, I guess one way is to completely just destroy yourself. But you'll go back not having really learned anything, not really understanding the value of what this human incarnation is, which is to face challenges and have subjective experiences, to understand consciousness, understanding itself through a diverse range of subjective experiences of, of birthing being and life into this three-dimensional reality, that is, the, that is it. That's what it is. It manifests itself in every moment, in every kiss, in every breath, in every laugh, in every bite, in every drink, in every puff, in every single uh, line of dialogue, every single, you know, like we're, <laughs> every single the words that we choose to use, the frame of mind that we choose to take, all of these things. The injustice of the separation between us and the, the gods that we know that we could be. Ah, it's not fair. It's not fair. 
the people that are able to navigate this successfully are the people that are able to look at this choice as a gift and to take this this higher power this this cosmic eternal and transmute it transform it and disperse it into this reality for all people to revel at and enjoy to say okay to be you know constantly every day going to the well of the hero's journey to going to the 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 well of the eternal scooping a little bit out of that transcendental beyond mystical realm and bringing it back in the form of art and creativity and and productivity and production enriching the experiences in which the lives in which we're living now in this in this nowness in in this in this in these moments in these beautifully tragic limited moments that we'll never get back the moment every moment we're growing and we're decaying and we're we're shedding skin cells and we're transforming and we're having new thoughts and new ideas and new new moments every single day and if we can enact the hero's journey within this process to go and return to go and return because it's not it's not going to go away as i said there's you can't just get to the return without the going you need to go you need to to walk into the woods you need to have your sword and shield ready you need to go into the darkest parts of the forest and so what do i what did i do is i cause a lot of self-inflicted wounds i cause a lot of self-sabotage crippling self-doubt resentment jealousy hatred uh bitterness all this stuff And in Stephen Pressfield's book, he was talking about how soldiers in World War II would sometimes shoot themselves in the foot just so they can get sent to the hospital and, and they don't have to face the challenges of war and going into battle. They can escape it, right? So it's like these self-inflicted wounds, conscious or unconscious self-inflicted wounds, when we you know, shoot a hole in our foot, it's like we don't all of a sudden now it's like, well, we don't, really na- we don't have to realize our full potential. We don't have to go on the journey now. Now we can just get brought back to mommy and daddy's bed and they can put a pacifier in our mouth and, and it's okay and we'll just, you know, we'll fade away into existence and then who the hell knows what will happen, but we won't have to bear the burden of being. We won't have to bear the burden of responsibility that, that, that is in this, this human form in which we're here. We can just cast it, cast it away and, and, and mask the pain hide the pain, self-medicate, smoke cigarettes and drink alcohol and look at online porn and play video games and web surfing and put it going on Instagram, web surfing, going on Instagram and, you know, uh, buying shoes and whatever it is, filling the void, filling the hole, masking it and, and, and creating some other, manifesting something in the external. It's a much it's a much easier uh it's a much easier game to give into non-existence. But what fun is that? Like this is a game to be played. That means showing up in the world ready to play, having fun within the boundaries because you need those boundaries to define the the game. One of my favorite books Finite and Infinite Games by James P. Kars, he says that we the infinite game is the game that we play to keep the game going. 
And the finite game is the game that is defined within the infinite game that has a clear, definite beginning and end to it, and a winner and a loser. And life is an infinite game with finite games in it. This is what life is. The point of, of life, or whatever it is, is just to keep going. Keep going. Keep being. Keep showing up. Because that is the very nature of existence itself. The very nature of existence itself is infinite creation and destruction. (laughs) Infinite creation and destruction. Infinite chaos and order. Infinite. Infinite. Keeping it going. Constantly, it is, it, is, it is neither dead or alive. It is both. It is dying and rebirthing all the time, constantly. So it's showing up in the world, ready to play, ready to have fun, in this game, within the boundaries, but ultimately knowing that there are no boundaries, that this is infinite creation, and infinite creation never ends. It can never be destroyed. Energy can never, doesn't go away. The eternal is not a measurement of time. The eternal, Joseph Campbell says, is now, is here and now, in this moment. This is the eternal. It is not a measurement of time. The eternal is love. And I think it's uh, in the, the, what is it, Arjuna and, um, I'm, I'm losing track, Hanuman or something, Ramdas tells this story where he says, you don't understand. Love is beyond time's reach. Love is the eternal, and love is beyond time's reach. So the confines of the game is what makes the game worth its candle, as Alan Watts would say. I still don't really know what that means, worth its candle, but it makes the juice worth worth the squeeze. Having the limitations, the confines, the, the field of play, the sandbox, we need this in order to know what it means to be a being. So my way of learning about this human experience is, is really going through it. And like I, you know, I went through these challenges. I went through, I battled the, the challenges of the mind because I felt, um, well, number one, I was too stubborn to admit that I had a problem or needed help or seek anybody out and, you know, too big of an ego. So I just went through it. Just went through it. You know, it's um, just valuable in the sense that I've experienced the the sort of depths of of the darknesses and of the human experience, and also the 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 eternal planes of bliss as well. Um, and seeing that clearly, I think I realize that we do indeed have a choice. And you know, the first step in outwitting the game is accepting that there is a, a first game rule. If we accept the premise that means, you know, which means accepting reality, not being complacent and lazy about it and complaining about it and saying, oh, this, you know, this is bullshit or whatever. Not just say, not saying like, well, these are the rules and we can't do anything about it, but actually, okay, this is the situation. Now what are you going to do? Painting yourself as a victim of society is detrimental to you and to everybody else and to me. Instead, it's taking up this as a challenge, you know. But we, what really, the real struggle is we forget. We forget. This is, this is, you know, again, the defiance of Satan, the passion, the fear. It can, 
you forget and then it comes right back and cripples you. But if we as a society do not push to resist the urge of victimizing and creating ourselves to be victims and blaming everyone else for our problems, if we can, if we, if we can push this away, if we can resist that urge, then we will not like, you know, destroy ourselves. We'll be able to, to flourish. We'll be able to live lives of, of greater quality. And I, and I see that happening right now. It's not just you know, me that I'm talking about, but it's also I see this happening in the greater society that there's a lot of victimization. And you know, right, rightfully so, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of anger out there because shit is fucked up. And people are, are looking for, for someone to blame, for someone to say, yeah, it's because of you. It's because of Trump. It's because of, you know, the state. It's because of corporations. It's because of these douchebags. It's because of Republicans. And like I said, maybe there's some truth to that, right? Which there is. You know, maybe there are a lot of problems because there are people acting with, with ill intent. But where do our problems lie? How can we make ourselves more whole? How can we show up in the world with more of a heart-centered, grounded sense of peace, looking at things and accepting things as they are, and saying, okay, I accept that there will be douchebags and malevolent evil pricks in the world. I accept the fact that we will always have psychopaths that will be attracted to positions of power that will take advantage of people. I accept this. Now, how will I move according to accepting this first premise? How will I move within the world by accepting this, this notion of the, really, uh, of the reality of being, of, of the reality of this existence? The rules of the game, the character building in this world is unlimited. It's, it's like I said, I mean, it's, it's infinitely amazing, you know, and one thing I know for sure is that when you show up in the world, you show up in truth and you start accepting the challenges of your existence, accepting the, the burden of the responsibility of the being to, 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 answer to your higher duty and perform the task that, that this light wants to emit out of you. If, you. if you allow this to unfold, you start attracting other people that are doing on the same path. Their energy field, it's like this, magne- you know, this magnet and it's, it starts bringing you into situations and opportunities and, oh yeah, I met someone here and they told me about this and that, oh, that led to this job here and that led to me moving here and, you know, and then I met this wife and, and then I had a, a family and you know, scenarios and opportunities present themselves. Synchronicity increases tenfold when you exert your inertia and your will of, of being into the world. And like Joseph Campbell says, when you follow your bliss, doors open up where there were only walls before. And that I know to be true. You know, so it's not about accepting the... It's not about accepting the circumstances and playing yourself as a victim and letting it, you know, rule and control you or just giving up on them, but it's, it's choosing to see, choosing to see that 
the outlook that you have is a choice. And that's something that I, I'm learning right now. Uh, I'm really learning this because it's not easy to push yourself out of your comfort zone. It's not easy to, to do that. There's something kind of scary that comes along with pushing yourself. In, and for, in my case, it was like, okay, this podcast that I have is just going to be real and it's going to be raw and it's going to be authentic and I'm only going to talk to people that I, that I really want to talk to. I'm not going to do any bullshit and you know, I, I'm just going to tell it like it is and I'm going to say it like it is and I'm going to only podcast when I want to podcast. I'm not going to have a schedule and all this other stuff. But I'm actually doing myself a disservice by not consistently making a commitment to show up, to sit down, to turn on the microphone, to let it out. You know, I'm so, oh, it's not good enough. I'm not ready yet. Oh, I have one of the things I do all the time is I haven't finished that book yet. So I need to finish that book first before I can start this podcast because, but, you know, I need to, hey, I need to learn all the things first before I can talk, right? And that's just never going to happen. Here I am on a podcast about an hour in talking about some stuff. I, I'm sure I'll listen to it later and just be like, this is terrible. I could have included this. I could have included that. But you know what? I didn't. This is what it is. This is where I'm at right now. Sure, I could have waited another week or two and, and finished reading you know, this great book, Iron John by Robert Bly. I could have you know, finished reading Made to Stick. I could have finished all these books. And then I'd be like, oh, cool. I have a lot of other cool ideas and insights. But that'll always happen. That'll continuously always happen. I'll never be, you'll never read all the things. You'll never know all the things. You'll never have all your ducks in a row and be like, okay, now is the time to act. And as Jordan Peterson says, it's really just about showing up in the world and doing it. But you know, if you have to do it badly, do it badly, but just do it. Showing up and being consistent and creating a habit of, of becoming the kind of person that you want to be. Becoming the kind that, as a past guest on the show, Anthony Samaroff says, it's not about, you know, changing, you know, all these things in your life and then becoming this, like, you know, rigid idea of this new person that kind of scares you and freaks you out or whatever. It's about becoming the kind of person that wakes up at the same time every morning, becoming the kind of person that runs, becoming the kind of person that eats healthy, just becoming the kind of person that does these things. And that's a challenge because it threatens our, our old identity. It threatens, to, it threatens these ideas that we've, that we've clinged onto our whole lives, that it's like, no, I can't let this go. I can't let my comfortable but crippling victimhood go. This is a, a trophy for me to, to showcase to the rest of society that says, I could have been, but. I could have done, but. I, if only it wasn't for this, this, and that, I would have had, and I would have been, and I would have felt this, that, the other thing. My trophy of victimhood sits on the shelf of my heart right on top of it and crushes it into a little puny dried up raisin. Because that's what it will do. When you place yourself in the victim role, all you experience is suffering. That's all you will experience. And if that's the kind of human experience that you're looking for, then go for it. Because I guess it has to be experienced by somebody. And I have experienced it. And I'm here to share this experience. And this is what this podcast is about. Sharing this experience. 
It's not about me knowing all the things, having the 10 steps to improve your life, you know, the things that you should do when you wake up every morning. You know, it's not even about talking about the, you know, the, the, the problems of society and all these other things. It's literally about sharing my experience to my truth to the best of my ability as I possibly can. So you listening can have a window into the mind of another human being that is living a human experience what and 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 you know if we form some kind of connection then i think we're doing our job as human beings to to touch a little bit more of that infinite plane of the eternal to say hey come on in here and sit in the room of the eternal because it's not it's not going anywhere and we're all going through it. So, you know, the evolution of this podcast and the evolution of myself has been one of an angry, angsty, young punk who is like a bull in a china shop, but with a heart of gold, passionate, but like Satan himself, so passionate that I was angry at the very notion of being alive and being separated from the infinite, from the godliness. And that you know, combined with the conditioning of growing up in a victimization household, cast me into the perfect satanic victim role. And I've experienced a lot of suffering and a lot of challenges, self-inflicted wounds and self-sabotage. And you can hear it. You can hear it in the in the in my voice, you can hear it in the subject matters that I choose to speak about and the way that I choose to speak about them on this show. And I want this episode to sort of mark a place in time of a transition, of moving forward. An approach to enter into the world a more whole, complete, compassionate, loving, caring individual that recognizes and realizes that I have a choice and that I can act upon that in order to manifest the reality in which I choose to manifest. And in the past, it has been to choose to manifest the victimhood mentality. And so, you know, in my pursuit for the union of, of the infinite, in my pursuit to, to diminish the separation between my, myself and the godliness, the, the infinite godliness, the, I had engaged in, you know, I had just, I had just been doing things in a very poor way 
know, even taking psychedelics, like the point of me taking psychedelics was to see how much further can I go? How much more can I tap into that realm? But after a while, you realize it's right here. And I know that sounds kind of cliche or whatever, but, but it really is. It really is right here. It's almost, and it's almost like sort of disappointing. I think Cho Young Trumpa says that enlightenment is ego's biggest disappointment. <laughs> you know, it's like this egoic motivation to attain enlightenment to only to realize that there is no attainment of enlightenment. That we're not going to get to this, this place of like, it's all figured out but that we can get to a place that we get better at dealing with the challenges that come to our lives, that we know how to operate this machine, that we know that we can show up to work every day with a smile on our face. And Alan Watts says this, you know, he says like, you could be a bus driver driving across town in LA and you could be like, ah, oh, this fucking traffic is bullshit. So many fucking people here. Fuck everybody. They're getting on the bus. It's, it's, you know, angry. Or you could be a bus driver and make it a game and have fun driving a big old bus. Hey, driving the bus, driving the bus, singing a song about driving the bus, driving across town. Da, 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 da. Because this is the experience. How are you going to take it? Are you going to take it sour? Are you going to take it bitter? Or are you going to take it with a smile? Are you going to take it with proactive action? Active, actively owning your life and living it. And that, that, is, that is something that I am working on right now. I, you know, I, I definitely, I definitely want to just speak more towards these types of topics. You know, um, I think it's, it's extremely important, extremely important. And, uh, you know, in this book that I'm reading, Iron John, you know, Robert Bly says, wherever your wounds are, that's where your gene genius lies. Wherever you discover that where your wounds are, that is where your greatest gift is. And going back to talking about my mother, her crippled foot, her polio foot, the foot that she looks at and, and blames everything about and, and creates herself as this victim of, of this circumstance, her, her greatest wound is her greatest gift. It's the challenge. It's the call to the higher self. It is the hero's journey. It is the call to adventure that says, do you want to accept do you want to go on the journey? Do you want to, you know, every movie that we watch, every book, it, it would never be interesting if it was just all bliss and ease. We want the challenge. We want the journey. We want the hero to come near death with the sword at his neck. And oh my God, it just cut just a little bit and there's a drop of blood. Is, it, is this going to, how's this going to go? Is he going to prevail? What's going to happen? That's, the, that's what we want. We want this, these stories. And, you know, I would argue that like really, what we see happening in our, in our trash mainstream culture is that we do not have myths to live by. You know, and, and, and Joseph Campbell says this, but you, know, you see it in these, these movies that are coming out, these superhero movies. These are sort of like manifesting as our modern myths. It's like 
the, the call to adventure, the call to the hero is so loud and it's so obvious in the popularity of these films. However, it is not offering inspiration to us. It's offering a distraction, an escape, uh, a consolation prize to the real thing. It's saying, here, you can have this, you can dream about this, you can fantasize this, you can try and, you know, a good movie always make, pulls you in. You cast yourself as the hero, you see yourself in that world. However, we need more in our world right now. We need more myths that, that, are, that are in story form that we, can, that we see ourselves in, that we can tell as these tales in the oral and verbal tradition, that we can paint the picture of the movie in our minds that will inspire us and ignite a, a purpose and a meaning to move forward. And the only thing that offers that, I, I would argue, is in, in the mainstream culture is, is religion. And religion has cast the male god as the sky father. And so if you look at, at religion, it, it basically says, ignore the earth, ignore the feminine, worship the sky, and worship the father. And that's, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. Because it cuts out a lot of other things. And Robert Bly also mentions this in his book, Iron John. He talks about how in, in ancient traditions, it was not just a, a, it wasn't even two, it was four. It was a, a sky father and a sky mother, and an earth mother and an earth father. It was the, the both of them, the chaos and the order manifesting in both. And we don't have that nowadays. And I think that's why a lot of people, myself included, are struggling. We're going through struggles and we're facing, we don't know, you know where to turn to and how to act and behave and what to do. And we don't have these deep mythological core structures to operate from. And so, you know, I'm not a person that you're going to listen to this podcast and you're going to find out like, hey, you know, this is, uh, this is, these are like, some things that I can do to, to, to be better or whatever. I'm, I'm simply just you sharing a different experience, sharing the, you know, what I, how I see it and what I'm going through and what I learn. And, and hopefully it'll get better as time goes on if I keep showing up in truth and, and sharing the real story of, of, of reporting the news of, of my human experience in a true way. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I used to be very militant in a lot of like ideas and beliefs and, and I used to be very angry about those. And, and again, it, it just goes back to this idea that, that of being angry at the very nature of being itself, the, the anger at the separation. And I think that's really what had led me to psychedelics as, as sort of as like an escape or fi not an escape, but like finding a way out. And I think psychedelics offer a good reminder. And I think that's really how I look at them now is it's not that it's not that I constantly need to be entering psychedelic states in order to, um, experience this like bliss that I talk about, but it's to, to treat them as, as sacred and to treat them as the teachers that they are, that they, that a good teacher allows the knowledge and the wisdom within you, the curiosity to shine through and to unfold. That it doesn't just give you the answers. It doesn't give you the end. It doesn't magi magically 
wave a wand and make things better and everything disappears, but it, it fortifies you, it strengthens you, it calluses you, it, 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 it puts you through experience and trials and tribulations only to come out on the other side, hopefully with some kind of gold, with something that's been shined and sharpened and ready to go again. And that is it. That's the cyclical nature, the Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill and only to do it again and again. And it's like, you know, you can, you can whine and you can bitch and you complain the whole time, or you could accept it, accept the challenge. And it's not, this is not easy. It's not an easy thing. You're not going to just all of a sudden just go, oh, okay, cool. I accept the challenge. But it's really about letting go of any sort of story that we have attached to that casts ourselves in the role of a victim. And instead, choosing to take a look at that, that casting from the casting director, the universe, and say, okay, I'm going to choose to look at this as a great test, as a joyous occasion to, to triumph in the face of whatever comes my way. And, it, and, and I think that that means showing up every day, showing up every day in your life as fully present, fully prepared to take on the role of the responsibility that is your life and showing up to that, showing up to that in fullness, in wholeness, in completeness. And there's a lot of different things that you can do in order to try and you know, maintain this, right? But I think developing some kind of daily routine, some kind of daily reminder, some kind of daily reminder that your life is the life that matters, that your life, your human experience, that your light, that your conduit, your vessel is important, that you have something to transmit, to contribute through. But it requires work. It requires you taking on your role as this human vessel and working, you know, in in a symbiotic nature with the infinite, the infinite and the finite working together in tandem, the ethereal, godlike, transcendental, mystical wonder the intangible vibrational energy meeting with the solid, you know, flesh of the, of the, the animal together, moving forward, always one step in front of the other, keep moving, keep going. So I hope you guys enjoyed this solo podcast. And, you know, I call these things podcasts, but like I said, you know, it's, this isn't a show. This is me trying to just be as real as possible and share what, I, what I've learned and, and what's going on. And you could you know, call it a show or whatever you want, but I assume that the people that listen to this are mostly fully engaged in this sort of thing. And, you know, that's... That's another thing that like Alan Watts says is like, you know, don't don't be kidding yourself. You know, don't don't be teasing yourself with enlightenment, you know, or don't be teasing yourself with being awake. You know, because once you start down that journey, it's like you gotta be prepared to 
to enter it fully. Otherwise, you're just going to torture yourself. And I've tortured myself for quite a bit, and I've learned quite a lot. And I've done some things, of course, I regret. And, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes, and I've acted out of anger and, and impulsiveness and victimhood. And the only thing I could do now is to just not do that. Is to, is to come forward with, with something else that makes sense for my success and, and, and success in the, in the sense of like, I guess I, ne I never really addressed this, but it's like knowing what I'm fully capable of, knowing that I can operate at 100% and not be afraid of that, not be afraid of the, of the fear of, of ridicule, of judgment, of you know, comparison. The, the fear of the, the burden that comes along with operating on that level, the responsibility, the sticking your neck out there, Joseph Campbell says. You know, that's what life is. Life is a sticking your neck out there. And to cower away from that is not really, you know, it's, you're not really going to be enjoying the full richness of life, of what this beautiful, amazing experience has the potential to offer us in every moment when we show up. So I hope this podcast marks a transition from my old sort of victimhood perspective uh, and, and expressing myself with, with anger and resentment to a more compassionate, loving, heart-centered, positive, responsible belief in consistently approaching uh, life and, and showing up to, to feel whole and to feel complete and, and to speak truth and to enact change in myself and hopefully inspire others to do the same. And I think what comes along with that, what comes along with that is accepting the fact that this isn't going to transition overnight, that it's not going to, you're not going to magically, I'm not going to magically just become what I want to become tomorrow, that it, 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 it's, it's wizardry and I can make this manifest. However, it is mediated by time. And that mediation of time is the, that's where the juice is. You know, I've heard this, it, it's, you know, there is no journey. The journey is the, the way. And you know, I've heard that, but it's, again, understanding really what that means, embodying that, living by that. Casting the fears aside, casting the doubt aside, and realizing that we all want the same thing, that we all are made of the same thing, and that there is a, this truth that is love that exists beyond the confines of the game. However, the, the game, when it does have its limitations, provides us with the kind of experience in which we are seeking. I think that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Um, I really enjoyed this book by Stephen Pressfield called Turning Pro. I'm really enjoying this book called Iron John, a book about men by Robert Bly. Um, it's really fantastic. And, you know, really, I really do enjoy learning about the, the human experience and learning about myth and how that can inform us and, and how we can better ourselves and, and, and enrich our lives and really make the most of, of this human experience by, by you know, just having you know, blissful interactions with, with the diverse range of people that offer, you know, multitudes of thoughts and opinions and ideas and jokes and having fun and, 
and really, you know, going going after it and eating delicious food and feeling nourished and just that feeling of feeling alive and in the zone and like you have a sense of purpose and and meaning and uh, and you're on a mission and you know, that stuff that takes time that's long lasting it's like Warren Buffett's strategy of like of holding and playing the long game playing the infinite game keep playing it kick the can down the road you're not going to get away you're not going to get rid of it it's just going to be there when you return it's going to be the garbage is going to pile up if you just keep throwing it behind the the house you need to take it out. You need to take care of it, and you have to keep going and, and keep doing that. And I'm, I am saying this to myself, and in a lot of ways, this is, you know, this is what I need to learn the most. What I'm talking about is what I need to learn the most. And, you know, if I can focus on really like a main cause or something that I believe in, it's I want to be the person that I wish that I had. And again, I think Eric Godsey mentioned this on my show and, and, and that really struck me because it resonates so much with me. I want to be the person that I wish that I had when I was 14, when I was 16, when I was 18, when I was 22, when I was 25. I wish I had somebody in my life that could come to me and share the experience of what I was going through and, and, and offer some kind of solution or some kind of in you know some shine some light and i think if we can all operate in that way i think then that's how not only we change ourselves and the people around us and make things better but as a whole as a society as a civilization there is this love that wants to emerge if we can come together and we can make it work without bitterness without resentment without blame without hostility and without casting ourselves in the role of victim so I'm really looking forward to to this. I'm really looking forward to recording podcasts that aren't birthed out of anger. I'm really looking forward to uh, you know, approaching my life with this mentality, showing up. And I've never done this before. I've always I've always just refused responsibility. And a lot of the podcasts that that I've produced, you know, at times maybe I was giving 80% or something like that. But really, you know, as a whole I've been operating the show at about like 46% or something like that, 45%. I want to operate the show and my life at 100%. And that doesn't mean, you know, there was this fear that I had that, that means that I had to be this rigid, you know, person. Oh, I got to create a schedule and that's going to, you know, I, I, I need to be free, man. I need to be able to like just record when I feel like recording and I need to, you know, I'm this, I'm this, you know, fucking tortured poet soul, man. Like I'm this fucking artist that's just like, you don't understand me, man. You don't get me. Like it's society and this and that. And like, you know, I got all these thoughts and ideas and no one cares. And, you know, fucking, you know, so I'm just going to fuck, you know, I'm just going to fuck the man, give the middle finger, fucking smoke in the corner over here and just like yell at people. And, you know, oh, like the tortured soul, you know, the, the romantic poet that's, that's crippled by his own addictions and his own self-doubt and self-sabotage and all this stuff. And it's like, man, that's not what I want to be. I don't want to be this like the, the bitter sage, you know, or whatever, this stupid idea, this ridiculous idea of being like some kind of, you know, drunken poet or something like that. No, I want to be a person who feels confident and mentally healthy and consistent, who, who is owning up as re to his responsibilities. And that means doing the things that I know 
that if I do them will lead to the kinds of things that I want long term. And that means making a commitment. And one of those commitments is going to be, I will release a podcast each week, every single week from now on. I will set a time to record. There's no more like, oh, I'll just record whenever I want to record. I got to be in the zone. I got to feel it. You know, all this other stuff. The, the professional makes the turn and decides, okay, every single Friday at 3 p.m., I'm going to record a podcast. Rain, sleet, no matter rain, sleet, shine, wind, tornado, whatever. Show up and you play. Show up and you play the game to your best ability. So I feel free. I feel liberated. I feel ready. I feel ready. And I think a lot of times in the past, I felt like I was ready. I felt like I wanted it so bad. I deserved it. I wanted it now. I, oh, I started a podcast. Why? How come I'm not where this person's at or where this person's at? Or how come my show's not... You know, how come I don't have a hundred thousand listeners or why, why are I, why am I not getting invited on this show or that show? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, this person thinks they're better than me or this. all of this crazy crippling, you know, victimhood mentality. You know, I, I think even on this show, a couple of times I, I like disparaged Aubrey Marcus, uh, you know, and I, I like if there's any chance he's listening, I apologize. You know, I apologize because there was a, a jealousy or a resentment or a bitterness there that, that doesn't, it doesn't, it didn't make sense. It's not logical. You know, the guy's an inspiration to me. He's done amazing things. So I'm going to criticize him for having a supplement company. I mean, that's ridiculous. That, that comes out of that hatred, that hatred of the, of the separation of, of being of like, oh no, you know, there's someone else has tapped into the infinite and they're taking it on. And, you know, there's this jealous resentment and this bitterness to say, oh, you know, like, fuck you. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're undeserving of this. And, you know, and that's, that's, that's ridiculous. That, that only hurts you. Only hurts you. It only leaves you to be a tortured individual, a tortured soul, twisted mind and you start you know you can start losing friends and losing opportunities and and losing the ability to have people that want to be around you that can help you you push them away as i as i talk again about my mother and how her 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 foot created her as this victim and or she looked at it as this victim and 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 screaming at people and and projecting this 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 fear into the outside world where it's 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 not an inviting request to say let's help this person let's lift this person up it's like okay i understand i see that you're suffering and you're in pain however the way that you're going about this is is not inspiring me to come and to pull you up and help you out it's you're yelling at me you're blaming me no one wants to be around that kind of person and I've definitely dabbled into that territory. And, you know, it, 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 it comes out of fear and it comes out of self-sabotage. It comes out of that deep desire to just destroy yourself. And then this way you just don't have to deal with it. Shoot myself in the foot and I don't have to worry. I don't have to go to battle now. You know, I used to do this in school too. I would show up not studying for a test and I would do, I would get like, you know, an 80 on the test and I'd be like, hey, B minus, didn't even study. 
that's not bad. What would have happened if I actually did study, if I did prepare, if I did care, if I did show up? So this whole like underdog kind of, you know, uh, this romantic fetishism of like the the drunken poet, the disturbed writer, the tortured soul artist, you know, living on the fringes, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's all bullshit. You don't have to be that way. You don't have to believe in that. I don't have to, I don't have to do that. I don't have to constantly be casting myself as a victim and looking at other situations and saying, my God, like, you know, if only things were like this, well, fuck that, fuck these people. Even with my whole approach to psychedelics, you know, where I've had this very aggressive approach of like, well, you know, forget about all this legalization and therapy and medicinal use or medical use and research. It should just be, fuck you. People should be able to do whatever the fuck they want. And I still believe that. However, the way that I express that is with such anger and such hostility that I think it could be transformed because the anger and the hostility is coming out of the victimhood mentality. And when you, when you put yourself in that role of, of, of expressing yourself in that way, coming out of victimhood mentality, you're crippling yourself and you're torturing yourself and you're putting yourself in a position to, to fail and to suffer. And you're not only you're doing that, but you're giving the power over to the external. You're giving the power away to the external. You're saying the external runs my life, not the internal, the external. I'm going to place all of my projections and all my blame and everything, and it will manifest in the external circumstances of my life. And I won't have to deal with that internally. I won't have to confront my own vic- my own demons. I won't have to confront my own, uh, you know, problems and my own fears. I will not have to look at myself. I only will will put that on the external. And then you give so much power away to the external. You know, this is why we invent these things. We invent these things like. We invent these external things so we can we can put the blame on them. And you know, it's like we're saying, no, 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 it's it's not me because you know God said I was a sinner and that's why I have to suffer. You know, Muhammad or or Abraham or Moses or whatever. You know, Jehovah, Joseph Smith, Buddha, whoever. We externalize and deify the, these these external problems. You know, we we. We put ourselves in the role of victim because it's not us doing it. It's them. They're the ones. It's not us to blame. We're the good ones. They're the bad ones. It's that group over there. They're to blame for the poor quality of my life. Yeah, you wound up in a, in a tough and challenging position, right? But we will destroy ourselves and we will end the game. We will ruin this experience. And I don't think that that's what we want to do. I think that we sit in a a place and time that is unprecedented, where we have the connectivity of knowing each other through, you know, that is manifested through these wires that this microphone, this internet that is going on, you know, the, the emergence of compassionate care and therapy and psychedelic use and healing, facing traumas, you know. All of these sorts of amazing things that that's happening through this sort of alternative media, and you know, it's really it's taking form, it's changing. The old model is becoming obsolete. We are creating a new model. It's just about reaching more people, getting more people on board, getting more people to really 
shatter the mold of their indoctrinated, victimized lives and the perception that they have that has that that has brought them there. You know, breaking themselves up into a million pieces, which is really tough and really difficult, and then trying to put that back together as a whole and complete individual with a new perspective on how to look at life. And you know what? Not everybody's going to do that. Some people are going to pretend to do that. Some people are going to halfway do that. Some people are going to fully do it. Some people don't want to have anything to do with this at all. And that's perfectly fine because that's their, that's their role. But I know there's a lot of people out there that do. And I know that if we open up and if we talk about it and we're real about it, that we can find something, that we can find some nugget, some kernel, some mirror that somebody's putting up, that we can look and we can see ourselves and we can say, aha, okay. All right, interesting. Let me move on to the next puzzle piece now. Let me move on to the next puzzle piece. All right, thank you so much for listening, guys. I really do appreciate this very much. This podcast is also very therapeutic for me, and so I always enjoy when I'm able to release a solo podcast like this that that if you do enjoy it, let me know. Let me know if you enjoyed this and if it resonated with you on any level. Should I keep doing this? I mean... I think a lot of people tell me that they do enjoy these shows, and so I, that's why I keep doing them. And I feel grateful that I have an audience that wants to hear about these things. And I love to hear your comments, your suggestions. Message me on Instagram. Message me on Facebook. You know, if you like the show, leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts. That, that helps the show out, and I just love that. And it's available on Spotify. It's on YouTube. It's everywhere. And, you know, I'm going to make an, an effort to make this podcast a real professional thing, not this half-assed 40%, 46% amateurish, you know, side project where I don't deserve or, you know, all this kind of stuff. This podcast I want to take very seriously this year coming up. And that means also asking for help. If there's anybody out there that thinks that they can help and assist with this podcast with suggestions for maybe topics to talk about, people, um, you know, if you have music that you want to contribute, artwork, let's make this a real collaborative community. Another thing that I want to start doing is that uh, I want to start putting on live events. I'm going to be in Denver. I'm in Boston currently right now. Hit me up. Let me know. I'm in, I'm in Boston right now. So if you're around, let's meet up. Let's talk. Let's chat. And I'm going to be in Denver on January 7th. So. I'll be there for um, moving to Denver. So if there's anybody in Denver, Colorado, let's hang out. Let's chat. I want to start doing some live events. You know, I, I want to start putting out some some videos. I have a lot of ambitious uh, things that I want to be doing for this show. But ultimately, this marks the the, the time where I am uh, taking myself out of the the victimhood mentality, the anger, the aggressive hostility, and moving into a new direction of, of self-love and compassion and taking this project seriously and really trying to make it the best that I can make it. And, and that means having your contributions as well. So like I said, please message me, talk to me, um, go on my website, mikebrank.com, send me an email on the contact form over there. Uh, I will, another thing I want to start doing is sending out a little email uh, every week, maybe just a little reminder, right? We all need reminders and I need them too. And so by me doing this and taking action, it, it will affect the reminder in me and hopefully it will offer the reminder in you. And that reminder is that it's like, hey, everything's okay you know, come back to this place 
of heart-centered love and compassion for ourselves and our lives and our situations and what's going on. Stay out of the role of victimhood. Own up you know, to the, the, the free, sovereign, beautiful, independent, love, light individual that you are, that you are, that you are a God housed in, in the, the finiteness of, of flesh and that we can, we can do the things that we want to do and we can live a happy and fulfilled life. And we need those reminders and you need to remind me and I need to remind you. We need to remind each other. Uh, and, and I think, you know, the practice of sacred rituals and ceremony in, in our lives, the, the formation and the bonds that, that a tight-knit group of like-minded individuals in a community can provide, you know, are, you know, the value of that could be tremendous. And if we can get something like that going here, that's where I want to take this show, ultimately. This is not a show as so much as it is a, a group, um, you know, a, a, a community. Uh, I really want, I really see it that way. I want it to be more than, you know, just a podcast. I know I don't really even consider it to be a podcast. So, yeah. So if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank. <laughs> it seems weird to do. That's a, that was, by the way, I know I'm ending the show, but I should just say that was a lot of my conflict did lie in that realm too. It's like, no, I want to have this real raw thing, man. I want it to be like so much more than just like a podcast. I want it to be this like guttural, raw like thing that like really means something. That's like about real fucking shit, man. You know, and I don't want to commodify it and commercialize it. I don't want to sell it. I don't want to package it up, you know, but that's just putting myself, you know, it's like there, there's a happy medium in between. It doesn't have to be one or the other. So, you know, I'm not shilling or selling out. I'm just aligning myself with some brands that I feel are, are cool. And I'm also, you know, trying to create a life for myself and my future family and things like that. And so it's like, you know, these things have recently become important to me. I've been living my life as a very angry adolescent for up until, you know, the time of my thirties. And it's time to grow up out of these angry, angsty teenage years and move forward into something that is a little bit more centered in, in being a responsible human being, a responsible man and showing up. And, uh, and I'm, looking, I'm really looking forward to that. So thank you so much for listening. I really do. Uh, I'm, I'm so grateful that you guys listen. I want to hear what you think. Message me on Facebook, on Instagram, on my website. Uh, leave a review if you'd like on Apple Podcasts and if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank. And, um, you know, don't forget to check out our sponsors, uh, Be Synchro, it's, or Synchro rather, and you can go to besynchro.com and it's keto and health food nutrition products, plant-based nutrition products. And if you enter the code Mikeadelic at checkout, you get 20% off. If you go to hempbombs.com, you get 15% off by uh, entering the code Mike15 at checkout. And uh, they have amazing CBD products. With that being said, thanks, everybody. Looking forward to next episode. Be the change that you want to become. Man, is it, should I end it on that? Like, should I go out with some kind of, like, forced, <laughs> profound quote? I don't know, man. Just be good. Enjoy your life. And I look forward to talking to you guys next time. Peace. Peace.